Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. First of all, sorry for the generic, weird podcast episode title. I truly was struggling with like what to name this episode because it's kind of esoteric and weird and I didn't know what would just capture all of it. So I greatly appreciate you clicking on this and trusting me. And with that being said, I also want to warn you that I haven't fully developed this idea yet and I'm kind of flushing it out as I speak because I generally think as I'm talking. And this is just something that has been keeping me up at night. I haven't been sleeping really well. I've been having like very vivid dreams and I've just been processing a lot, both consciously and subconsciously in therapy and in my sleep and in talking with friends and just observing people in the state of the world and all of that jazz. So I'm going to do my best to put this idea into words, but if it calls you or if you have something to add or some thoughts of your own, feel free to hop on over to at Mary's podcast and send me a DM over there on Instagram because I would love to hear what you think and if this resonated with you or if you think maybe we're on the right track here, but I'm missing like a big key, the big piece of the puzzle, please let me know. So like I said, I've been thinking about a lot and I've noticed that so many people, myself included, are struggling a lot. And some of the struggles are big and definitely warranted and always all the struggles are so, so valid. But I'll speak for myself here. What I've noticed in myself, which really annoys me, is that sometimes I'm struggling about things that just like aren't worth even thinking so much about. It's almost like my brain is making up problems that aren't there. And it's kind of this mix. I mean, it's, I guess it's, hold on a second. I guess a therapist would call this anxiety because it's a lot of like stressing about the future and thinking about things way far in advance and and overthinking. And I can't say it shows up like all the time or super prominently that it's completely ruining my life. But as I mentioned at the beginning, there are definitely some things that have been keeping me up at night. On one hand, there's a lot that we can critique about society the state of the world, etc. And I love that we're talking about what's not right or what's not conducive to us as individual humans and to humanity as a whole. And I absolutely love, and you know, I will be the first person to say that this has been a long time coming, but I'm really glad that we're taking our mental health seriously and talking about things more openly. And on the other hand, at least in myself. Again, I'll speak for myself. I've noticed that I feel like complaining about life has become like a habit. And I truly believe that when I'm complaining about something, I'm not really even looking for a solution or I don't even want it to be fixed. I'm just kind of 
saying stuff that I'm struggling with and like verbalizing things and putting them out there for the sake of like relating to someone or almost making like excuses for myself as to why I can't do something or why this isn't working for me or why I'm, I don't know, just like getting in my own way, the epitome of limiting beliefs. And I firmly believe that the ultimate goal of us on this planet is not necessarily to be happy, but rather to be content and find a sense of peace and meaning in our lives. And I talked about this in a previous episode that I'll link in the show notes. I don't remember what episode number it was, but it was called Stop Trying to Be Happy and Do This Instead. And in that episode, I talked about how instead of striving to be happy, we might be better off trying to look for more meaning in our lives or create more meaning in our lives because it's truly unrealistic to believe that we'll be happy all of the time. And by constantly striving to be happy, that's actually how we're making ourselves unhappy. And it's paradoxical, but I think it kind of applies to this whole struggle phenomenon that I'm witnessing is that by constantly struggling and like giving voice to our struggles and seemingly trying to stop struggling, we're only struggling more because we're so set on not struggling and like fixing every little thing in our lives. Does that make sense? It almost like flips the switch. It's one of those things that like the harder you push, the harder you try, the more you think, the more you process the more you I guess the more you kind of know and realize things about yourself it's like you always find something to pick apart and you're always finding something to criticize and you're always finding something to work on and some way to be better and you almost fall into this trap of like constantly improving yourself and never ever just being 100% content 100% at peace just enjoying the ride without diligently trying to fix everything you think is quote-unquote wrong with you? Self-lovers, guess what? I wrote you another book. My new book, 100 Days of Self-Love, is coming to you this fall on November 1st. And this new book is actually a self-love journal with 100 daily prompts to help you calm self-criticism and love who you are. So a lot of it is about self-awareness, self-discovery, and of course, self-compassion. I wrote this journal to be a complement to my first book, The Gift of Self-Love, where the gift of self-love is more foundational and we talk about body image and self-love as a whole. This new journal is more like a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love, so just something to keep you going or growing on this self-love journey. It's divided into six categories, so people, purpose, body, habits, mind, and heart. In total, there's 100 prompts accompanied by little musings, so little love notes from me, things I've been pondering, and what I love the most about this book is that I really wrote this for myself. Like It represents exactly where I'm personally at in my self-love journey, and I'm just so thrilled to be sharing that authentic part of me with you. 
100 Days of Self-Love is now available for you to pre-order. Please, please, please pre-order it if you can. It officially comes out on November 1st, but if you pre-order it now, not only will you be one of the first to get it, but also as a thank you for just being an early supporter of 100 Days of Self-Love, I'm going to send you the audiobook version for free, my gift to you. I'm recording that audiobook version as we speak, and we're still putting it together, but as soon as I'm done with it, hopefully by November 1st, I will send that to you via email. So all you got to do is go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. All the links to pre-order are there, and you will also see a form for you to fill out with your name, your order number, your email, so that way I can send you the audiobook version when I'm finished with it. The audiobook version is really cool because I personally recorded it and it's a little bit more unabridged. So you'll hear my commentary and it's nice to have because you can listen to it while on the go, kind of like a podcast. That way you can listen to the prompts as you think about them. Hopefully you will still pull out your journal and answer the questions that I pose. But regardless, I just hope that this audiobook version can accompany the print version for you so you just get the best of both worlds. Again, go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. You can pre-order the book on Amazon, Walmart, Target, any other bookstore. And if you're outside of the U.S., check out Book Depository because they have free worldwide shipping. But when you go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal, all the links will be handy dandy there for you. Again, thank you so much for supporting me and trusting me to guide you on the self-love journey. I hope that you love 100 days of self-love as much as I do. Can't wait for you to get it. I think that there's like so many things that are going into this, but some of the things are like hedonic adaptation, which is essentially the idea that like as soon as we achieve some level of like good things in our lives, like say somebody starts making more money, it feels good for a little bit in the short term. We're like, oh yeah, I'm making more money. I have more money to spend. But in the long term, we get used to that as our baseline and then we're no longer as happy about it. So that's called hedonic adaptation. And it's something that's been proven so many times. It's one of those like cognitive biases that all of our brains do is that we just kind of get used to the good stuff in our lives. And a blend between hedonic adaptation and then this like consumerist culture where we're always striving for more and hustle and grind messages where we're always trying to be something bigger and not to mention comparisonitis. The grass is always greener on the other side. Somebody always has it better. I live in the suburbs of Arizona, but suddenly after one hour on TikTok, I'm like, I need a cottage off the grid. But then I'm on a different side of TikTok and I'm like, no, I need a loft in New York City. And it's like, I fail to recognize in those moments, I always try to reground myself, but in those moments, my brain just forgets that I have a lovely home in an area that I feel safe in and I like living here. And there's nothing particularly wrong with my living situation. I'm just constantly looking for what could be better. And I would also argue that loneliness plays into this reason why we're like often struggling. 
Because when we're lonely, we're looking for things to fill that void of connection. And we think that what's going to fill it is something other than human connection. (laughs) We think that if only I could have this or achieve this or make more or do more with myself, then I'll be worthy of connection. But in reality, most of us just are really lacking community and people we trust and see on a daily basis and that closeness and togetherness and really feeling like supported and held by people who have your best interest at heart. You know, why is it so weird to go next door to the neighbor and ask for a cup of sugar? Why is that so weird? And for some reason, it's become so, so weird. So we have become like isolated and lonely in some ways. Perhaps we're more connected in other ways. But I think that there's this void that we're constantly trying to fill, which is why we feel like we're always struggling, even if we're not objectively struggling. When I observe my thinking, the reason why I notice this in my own thought patterns, it's because aside from the cottage example, I also find myself thinking in like, if only, like if only my dad would talk to me, then I wouldn't be in therapy crying about him, right? (laughs) If only my future mother-in-law was totally okay with the wedding that I pictured, then there would be absolutely no conflict whatsoever. And the truth is that if there's not one type of struggle, there's another one, right? Like, It's not like we can fully rid ourselves of all problems, of all struggles, and then everything's going to go away and life will just be perfect. What I've noticed in myself is that I've replaced perfectionism, specifically striving for perfectionism in terms of how my body looks or my grades or how much I achieve or some kind of clout, right, especially back in my disordered eating and fitness days. I've replaced that kind of perfectionism with something a little bit different and something that's probably a little bit more socially acceptable and not inherently a bad thing, but that's become a sort of perfectionism for me, which is like perfecting my life, thinking that fixing problems is an end goal and not recognizing that once I fix one problem, there's going to be another problem and that the struggle is a part of life. Struggling is a part of life because remember, your brain is a master problem solver. It's wired to be looking for problems. And if there aren't any problems, it will even try to create them. Hence why we do mindset work, why we, why I'm talking to you about this right now is because I want to overcome some of these limiting beliefs, especially the sneaky ones, And stop succumbing to problems that are mainly in our minds. Because sometimes the story is, I must always be struggling with something. I must always be working on myself in some way. There is always something to improve. I am not good enough as I am. That's what it boils down to. And the antidote to that, to feeling that just what is that called? Like the feeling of dissatisfaction in our lives is to recognize that everyone is always struggling with something. 
How does it feel if you accept that as a fact of life? That what you're going through right now is totally normal. Whatever it is, you will come out on the other side, but also, even in the midst of it, you are exactly where you need to be and you are dealing with it the best you know how. And there is no overcoming it that is going to like magically fix everything. We're just all on this constant evolution, this constant journey. And personally, I've spent way too long waiting for something to make me quote unquote stop struggling with absolutely no luck. And I don't think this is because I'm an ungrateful bitch or something. I think it just means that we've been fed a lie, this lie that says there's some sort of ideal to achieve. And once you've achieved it, there's another one. Again, it's like this blend between hedonic adaptation, consumerism, striving for more, comparing yourself to others, feeling lonely, trying to fill a void, not knowing that it all boils down to just not feeling worthy enough to be content and to give yourself grace to just exist. And the big mindset shift is recognizing that 99% of the time, we will be struggling or dealing with something or going through something. And that is 100% normal. That is life. There's nowhere to go because you've already made it. You will stop struggling and start living once you recognize that struggling is living. And there's nothing particularly unique about each individual struggle. Does this mean I'm telling everyone that bad things that happen to you are okay? No. Mainly, it depends on how you define okay. I think there's a difference between believing that bad things are acceptable and accepting that bad things happen to everyone to some extent. So I believe in having compassion for ourselves and always sticking up for ourselves and knowing what's right and doing inner work and trying to heal the people, the situations that have wronged us. And that includes not necessarily needing to fix everything, knowing that you are already whole, and not needing to know all the answers or find all the solutions, because that is truly impossible. And the more we put pressure on ourselves to do that, the more we'll always feel dissatisfied, disgruntled, just a little bit off, a little bit weird, always something to complain about on the phone with your best friend, never letting yourself just fully let go and enjoy life and just being like, ah, what the fuck? It's fine. We'll just fuck around and find out. But right now, I'm okay. Struggling is living. Paradoxically, the less we resist the struggles of our lives, the more we'll find that these struggles subside, they're not as loud in our heads, and life just becomes a little bit more peaceful. And that's without changing anything external. That's with simply accepting the fact that living is struggling. What do you think? <laughs> Let me know what you think on the Instagram. I'm sweating because I feel like that message just kind of came out of me. I hope that you received it the way I meant it. Actually, I'm going to trust that you received it the way I meant it. And that's ultimately is just me telling you that you are enough. Your life is enough. And anything you're doing extra is 
just that. It's just extra. It's just a bonus. But who you are at your core is totally okay and perfectly fine. And you are exactly where you need to be. I hope my words resonated with you today and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Love you. Hey self-lovers, just one more thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. Your feedback helps the podcast grow and as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. If you're listening on Apple, you can just scroll all the way down on the podcast homepage and at the bottom, you will see a place to leave a review. And if you're listening on Spotify on the show's homepage, there will be a little star and clicking that star will let you send in your rating. Thank you so much for listening and helping me spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just go to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to order the gift of self-love, whether that's on Amazon, Walmart, Target, small indie bookstores, and wherever else books are sold. Again, thank you so much for your endless support. Please always remember that you are loved. I love you. And I will talk to you next time on the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Toodaloo!